Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. A lot of us that aren't youth often don't understand the us that are youth. And so I put it on our youth pastor to explain it to us. Help us. We want to know. So why don't you give it up for the amazing Mr. Cody Sutton as he comes up here. Thank you, Cody. I'm excited for a few things today. I'm excited for three reasons specifically. One, I get to deliver a word of God to you and I get to explain and, and share a bit about uh, the generation that, uh, that is coming up and through and uh, maybe a misunderstood generation. I'm excited to share that today. I'm excited because I get to talk about the thing that I love and that's reaching teenagers. And the third thing I'm excited about is that I'm fitting into pants I haven't fit in for two years. So I pulled them out this morning and I fit in them and I was like, yes, the weight loss works, the diet works. This year is the year I have stuck to a resolution and it worked, so maybe there's some wisdom in that for some others. I don't know. I'm excited for this morning, and uh, as Ed said, where uh, Pastor Ed said, uh, we're in a series, This Is Us, and, and looking at who we are as a church, and, and, and when I ask that question, who are we? Um, who, and it's not a phone. There's a phone brand, who are we? I don't trust them because any phone that has to ask who they are, uh, it's a no-go, but uh, some of you guys are like, oh, what, is, what is who are we? It's a phone brand, that's all right. Uh, one of the, the Gen Z will kindly explain that to you later uh, if you need that. But, uh, you know, I, I ask, who is, who is us? And, and I sit here and I go, yes, it's us in the room right now. It's everyone that's in the room here. It's people that have been in this church for 30 years, people that have been in this church, and it's the first time this morning. This is us. But there's also a This Is Us going on next door right now. There's the kids that are being led by our, our leaders next door. There's kids across the road uh, led by my wife this morning. So she's not in the room, so I can talk about her, but I won't. Um, <laughs> But there's This Is Us, and then I think so during the week, there are people that bless our doors that come down here on all different days of the week. On Thursday nights, uh, we have people, we have the band practice for those up here, but uh, as a youth ministry, we run a, a practice where we're teaching young people to play guitar. They're part of us. Yeah. They're This Is Us. On Friday nights, there's a youth ministry, and uh, it's always a lot of fun. It's always up and down, but This Is Us. Our teenagers in the group, there's This Is Us. So I want to acknowledge those that are in the room today, but those that are also not with us. For, their very mer- for very good reasons, uh, this is us. So who is us? It's all of us that make up City Church. But what makes us, us? I sit here this morning, and, and I'm going to be real with you right now. I sit here and I see a bunch of misfits. Because none of us really fit together on our own. I sit here and I think probably there's maybe several people in this room that have the same hobbies as me. There's several people in this room that have a similar story to me. And apart from that, all of us are, are misfits. We all come from different generations. We all come from a different a background, a different social, economic background. We all come from different time periods when we were born and when we grew up. Some of us grew up in this country. A lot of us grew up in other countries. We're a bunch of misfits, and we're all just a little bit weird. Can I say that this morning? We're a little bit weird. One, because the world out there, they look at us and they say, you guys have a book that tells you everything that you do. You have a God that tells you what to do. We're a bit weird to those guys, and I'm, I'm fine with that because we heard on our men's camp just this weekend that we should all be weird. We should not be walking out in our streets and people think we're normal because then we're not standing out. We're all a little bit weird. But I don't know where you're at today. Maybe you came in and you're like, why am I even in church? Maybe you're sitting here and you don't know where I'm going in life. Well, I want to tell you right now that everyone around you, at one stage or another, it might be right now or it might have been years ago, they're sitting in the same boat. They don't know why they were here. They don't know where they're going. But I'm telling you today, you can, uh, you can receive some information. You're welcome here no matter what walk of life you're in, no matter what nationality, no matter how long you've been in this room. You're welcome today. 
although our differences might be huge, we're all bound in the one similarity. We're in a pursuit of God. And maybe today it's finding out more information about God so you can make a decision whether you want to follow God your life or not. Or maybe it's been 30, maybe it's been 60 years and you're still getting to know God more, but we're united in our pursuit of God. This is us. Misfits moving forward. Uh, today I want to talk about our, our vision statement, but mostly about uh, the generations part. Uh, our, our mission statement is raising generations, reaching nations. I look out, I see many generations, and I see many nations. There are many nations that are in this room. We don't have to go overseas. It's great to go over to places like Fiji, and, and I support the mission trip. I'd be there if I could be. Uh, I have a baby due that same week, so I probably won't be on the mission trip. But uh, it's great to do that, but I'm so glad that we raise generations here, but we reach nations here. In our, in our city, in our country, there are nations that are, that are coming into this place, and, and this is us. So, but this morning, I want to talk about generations, and before I get into our text, I want to have a bit of fun. Hear me right, it's a bit of fun. I'm going to talk about some of the generations in the place. Uh, some of you guys know exactly what's about to come. Remember, this is a bit of fun. Uh, if you're over 75 in here, you get let off this morning. It's okay, you can relax right now. The first generation I want to talk about, you're the baby boomer. You were born between 1944 and 1964. You're 55 to 75 years of age. Are there any baby boomers in this place today? You guys are my parents. That's the age they are in. I'll talk more about that later. Here's some, uh, here's some stereotypes of your generation. Boomers don't care about the younger generations. I look out and I... I said we're having a bit of fun, okay? Stereotypes don't apply to everyone, but this is the stereotypes. Boomers just want to retire. Boomers are set in their ways and they're technophobes. There you go. That's the baby boomer generation. Generation X. You were born between 1965 and 1979. You're 40 to 54 years of age. This is what the internet says about you. It says X's are negative. Is there any X's in here right now? You're kind of like, I don't want to put my hand up because I know what's coming. X's are loners. X's, yeah, yeah, this is pretty harsh. It's all right, we're going to get to the millennials and I'm part of that and we're going to get to Generation Z, so just, just wait. Exes are rather self-involved and perhaps aimless, but at least they had fun. That's what the internet says. Gen Y, or millennials, that's the one I'm from. I'm proud of it. You're born between 1980 and 1994. Some people extend that to 2000, but the real definition is 1994. You're 25 to 39 years of age. It says, millennials, we're entitled. Millennials are lazy. Well, I've lost weight this year. I'm not lazy. Thank you. <laughs> millennials are in high need of praise, and millennials aren't motivated by anything. I am really highly motivated by chocolate, so there's at least something that motivates me. Perhaps giving up chocolate is why I've... Anyway, finally we get to Gen Z, and I know there's another generation after this. that They're only about four or five years of age now. We can't have stereotypes yet because we... Most of them don't even know how to talk. Um, Gen Z, 1995 to 2015. My wife is in this generation. They're four to 24 years of age. It says Zeds have a fifth limb. It's called a mobile phone. <laughs> Zeds delete Instagram posts to optimize likes per photo ratio. You don't understand what that means. It's, uh, they're deleting photos so the ones that are liked more stay up there. They look more popular. It says... And here we go, this is the one, and uh, the, Z the Zeds in the place won't hear this because Zed zoned out five seconds after I introduced myself. <laughs> Stereotypes, right? 
And I don't want to focus on, I, I don't want to focus on the negatives today. I want to talk about some of the positives of the generation. And I want to focus on a new generation that I find fascinating, a generation that's only several years behind me, but they're totally different. And, uh, and I want to focus on that today. Um, but I, I know something that is true of all generations. We struggle to understand the other generations around us. We struggle to get outside of our own comfort zones and out of our own mind view to actually see what others see. And, but that's okay because we're, we're, we're allowed to grow. We're always growing. We're always moving forward. I would hope by the end of today's message, you would have some understanding about these guys sitting on the front row. You'd have some understanding about our teenagers that society seems to complain about. But might I tell you, when you guys were teenagers, society complained about you too. It's always been the same. So I want to talk about the newest, one of the most misunderstood, yet to prove themselves, generations. I want to talk about our current teenagers and our, and our younger, younger adults. And I want us to gain an appreciation of how we can reach out to them, connect with them, and move forward in a world where uh, statistics say they've got more life ahead of them than we do. That's just the truth. They've got more time on this earth than most of us in this room. We need to rely on the next generation and take God's word out there and do amazing things with it. And I think David has something incredible to say in his old age, and we're going to look at Psalm 71, verses 15 through to 18. And uh, some scholars would say that David wrote this uh, around about the time of his son Absalom uh, and his rebellion. So, you know, he had every right to say right now, well, I hate the younger generation because they just rebel, they just go against everyone. But he writes something here that I believe is, is phenomenal, something that can teach us a lot about how to look at the generations below us, the generations above us, the generations that are still yet to come. It says in, in Psalm 71, 15, it says, my mouth, will, sorry, my mouth will tell of your righteous deeds, of your saving acts all day long, though I know not how to relate them all. Do you ever feel like you don't know how to relate things to people? I will come and proclaim your mighty acts. Sovereign Lord, I will proclaim your righteous deeds, yours alone. Since my youth, God, you have taught me, and to this day I declare your marvelous deeds. Even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, my God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your mighty acts to all that did come. It is our responsibility, no matter our age in here, no matter whether you are in the youngest generation, it's our responsibility to prepare ourselves to deliver God's news to the next generation. Lord God, I just thank you this morning. I thank you in this place. For the word that I'm going to share, Lord, I thank you for understanding. Lord, I know I'm not an expert in any of these matters, Lord, but Lord, you've placed me in this place to run a youth ministry, God, and I've come to learn a generation that is 100% different to who I am. Lord, I just thank you so much that you'd help me to share this message in Jesus' name. Amen. So it's time to pick on Generation Z this morning. I want to read that first verse out of Psalm 71. It's verse 15. It says, My mouth will tell of your righteous deeds, of your saving acts all day long, though I know not how to relate them all. Another version, the NLT, says that, uh, it says that David wrote, I don't know how to write them. And I sit there and I think, well, maybe David had so many things in his life that he wanted to tell people, but he didn't know how to write them relevant to the generation below. He didn't know how to get his thoughts out there about God. Has anyone ever felt like there's a communication barrier between your children and you? Anyone felt like there's a communication barrier between you and your parents? Yeah, they're all nodding down the front, so that means you guys back there can nod as well. <laughs> Perhaps David was struggling to relate to his audience. And you see, 
we're now sitting in a point where this generation is the most connected generation that our planet has ever seen. How do we connect with a generation where they're more similar to their, their, the same teenagers in Africa, in England, in America? They're more similar to their teenagers than they are to any generation that goes before them. A connected generation. How do we communicate with a generation that knows a style of communication that we don't know? They communicate differently. I want to I I put emphasis on the differently. Because it's not that they don't communicate. They communicate really well. In fact, on a, on a Friday night, I will walk in and, and it seems that every single person, there, no matter what school they're from, they all know the exact same information. It's like, you've communicated really well. You've communicated better than I communicate. It's not that they don't communicate. They communicate differently. But who knows when communication, when there's this communication, there's a difference between my mouth and your ears. There's a difference between your mouth and your kids' ears. There's a difference between your mouth and your parents. There's a difference between uh, uh, even across the genders, there's a difference of communication. And, and if we're not careful, we allow a, a misunderstanding of the way that generations communicate. I'm not just saying this generation. I'm saying all different generations have their different medias. Yeah. Misunderstanding of how they communicate leads to us not being able to work together as effectively as God wants us to. I want to talk about some, some things this morning within, uh, within this generation, within the Generation Z, some ways that they communicate. Before I do, I just want to say the message, the information that teenagers care about, they care about society, they care about family, they care about global warming, they care about all these different things the same way we do, they just communicate it differently. They're not uncaring, it's, just a, it's, it's the same message. And the same with the Bible, the same message, but it's communicated differently. The method is different, but truth stays the truth. You see, 2,000 years ago, they wrote on parchment. Several thousand years ago, they wrote in stone. I'm so glad I don't have to come up today and write my my message notes in stone. I'm so glad I don't have to sit there and write it with with oil and parchment. uh, Several generations ago, we started to, to write with pencils and pens. I learned how to write in school. I learned how to do cursive in grade four or five. I got my pen license in grade six. I could use a pen finally. I'm so glad it's moved forward from that. Texts came about. Phone calls came about. Social media came about. But I'll tell you this morning that even social media is something that isn't actually at the top anymore. Images. All these little emojis that you've got to try and put it together. I remember just this week, uh, Tim sent something to our, to our group and it had like two emojis with like the long noses and then it had like a pair of pants and then it had like a, um, then a fire. And Slade and I, Slade who's in this generation, sitting there, what does it mean? I'm sitting there going, oh, liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> that was Tim. So I'm understanding this generation, right? They speak in images, they speak in a foreign language, but we can get in and understand them. And the first myth I want to debunk today is the myth that, uh, that these teenagers don't live in the real world. This is when you guys are like, yeah, come on, do this. Our parents are going to finally understand us. I would suggest to you that the same way we lived in the real world, they live in the real world. They just have a different way of perceiving it. I remember when I was a kid and we'd go on holidays or, or there was a family event and someone would bring out the little camera. The little, either it was a disposable one or it was one that had costed like three or four grand and it was super expensive. And they brought out the camera and they took a photo and we all lined up and took a photo. 
There wasn't really much of a, a desire to take photos of self yet, but I tell you what, I know, you, I know your Facebook profiles. I know your Instagram profiles. Even the people in here that are 50, 60, you've got photos of yourself up there, so we're all, we're all in trouble for the selfie, right? But I would suggest that in the same way that we took photos, took them down to the, uh, to the local store to, to get them developed and we had to wait a few days and we got our photos back. I would suggest that our teenagers today, they live in real life, but they just have immediate access to post those and to share their experiences. Because Instagram and Snapchat, the two preferred platforms for teenagers, it's all about how you can take a picture of what you're doing and you can send it to others. It's just an immediate gratification. They're still living in the moment. They're taking photos of their food. Food is in the moment. They're taking photos of their friends. They're just posting it online immediately. So if you were to say to me today, and I'd hope you would uh, understand this, you would say to me, well, these teenagers, they don't live in real life. I hope I've challenged that perspective a little bit. They still have real life moments. They just share them differently. They might be on their phones too long. I'm not going to say they're not. They might stay on their phones too long, put them down maybe occasionally, but they're using... Our methods of old, they've transformed them into a new way to communicate. See, the message is still the same, but the way of communication is different. They're still sharing, capturing and sharing memories. Another way, face-to-face -face communication. I was actually talking to one of the men in this room yesterday after our men's camp, and we're walking down to that fire that you just saw before that never got lit, and we're walking down there, and I'm sitting there going, oh, so glad to have face-to-face -face communication with another man. But it got me thinking and in that moment, and I, and I got to share this with this guy. I was like, face-to-face -face communication. Teenagers talk face-to-face. -face. They're just not necessarily in the same room. I, and I got this wondering, I was wondering about this in worship this morning. I was thinking 2,000 years ago, when Paul was writing the New Testament from a jail and he sent a letter to uh, the churches all around the region, some hundreds of miles away, did the people open up the letter and go, oh, he didn't talk to me face to face about this. <laughs> For as long as I can remember, I have communicated in ways that aren't face to face. And my generation, Generation Y, we're known as the generation who forgot how to talk face to face. And I'm fair, I'll, I will take that because we didn't share with images, we didn't share with videos, but instead we sent text messages. We sent uh, things up on MySpace, if anyone remembers MySpace, yeah. Facebook. But there's a new generation coming through, and they're sending photos to each other. They're sending videos to each other. They're sitting there on like FaceTime and Snapchat and stuff, and they're talking face-to-face. -face. A different form of communication, a different kind of face-to-face. -face. The message stays the same, but the method is different. I think it, it, it expresses something to myself as a, as a communicator to young people, to, to youth is that I can't lose touch with the way that they communicate. I'll tell you what, I do not understand it. I got Snapchat and two weeks later I deleted it because I didn't know how to use the thing. I have an Instagram account, but I only post things about my son and my wife. I tried while I was away on holidays. I sent, like some of you guys may in this room have filmed, uh, seen it last year while I was away on holidays. I went five days of telling everything I did and I was exhausted. I didn't feel like I was on holidays, right? <laughs> my wife's like, yeah, take more photos. I'm like, no. <laughs> We don't have to adopt the way that they communicate, but we need to understand the way they communicate. Otherwise, we'll end up with a generation who doesn't want to know about God because our method of teaching about God is obsolete. 
on that point, obsolete. Uh, I overheard a conversation with our youth a few weeks ago. And uh, I, was, I, was, I walked into the conversation and they were talking about old technology. And I thought, here we go. I can bring out some oldies that they don't even know. They were talking about iPhones before there was fingerprint scanners. So you go, that's only four years ago. How is that old technology? <laughs> because we have generations that span 15 to 20 years, but a generation of iPhone lasts only one year. Wow. Technology moves forward. What's old to the rest of us is actually extremely old to these guys. We need to learn to relate God's truth in a timely manner. I'm just picking on the Zs, the Zs today. Psalm 71, 16 to 17, the next part of David's message here. It says, I will come and proclaim your mighty acts, sovereign Lord. I will proclaim your righteous deeds, yours alone. Since my youth, God, you have taught me, and to this day I declare your marvelous deeds. David's youth was not spent sitting around doing nothing. And I believe today's teenagers, it may seem so, but it's not. I look at David's life and in his, uh, in his young days as a boy, as a teenager, he protected his sheep from a bear and a lion. He played the harp for the king to take away the king's depression. He was crowned the next king while he was still a youth. And he defeated a giant, Goliath, all in the days of his youth. It says, since my youth, God, you have taught me. We have teenagers in this very room that are defeating giants in their life, that are doing things that we could never do. Teenagers in our youth ministry, they do things that I could never do. In fact, I want to just explain, this is YouTube. This is the third biggest thing that they use, and we use it too. 25% of young people, of people under the age of 25, upload a video at least once a week. That could be to YouTube, Facebook, all different things. They upload videos. 26% of all other adults have uploaded at least one video in their life. So 25% of a generation uploads a video each week. Only 26% of the rest of us have uploaded a video in our lives. That's pretty incredible. That's YouTube for you. 60 to 80% of the content on YouTube is created by people under the age of 25. Yet, 40% of the views on YouTube are from that exact same age group. So it means 60% of people are receiving the majority of their information from people younger than them. Because I looked at this and I said, well, if I knew that this news article was written by a 15-year-old, I probably wouldn't read it. But there's something about being online that makes you anonymous and doesn't tell you about your age. I can't remember the last time I scrolled down an article and went, oh, I wonder what this age of this person is so I can see if they're creditable or not. There's something about the internet that says, well, a 16-year-old can post something incredible, some incredible content, and you can read it and you can think this is the best thing, or you can view it and think it's the best thing ever, and never know it was a 16-year-old that made it. There's a generation that are, that are willing to create and move forward. The biggest creators, the creators of culture, they're shaping, uh, the way we do marketing is shaped by this next generation. The ads you see that come up on your Facebook feed, the ads that come on television, they're targeted towards this generation. But they're made because this generation is, uh, is being creative and stepping outside their bounds. I, I have to say right now, I see YouTubers everywhere that are 20, 21, 22 years of age, and they've got millions of dollars to their name. They're doing something right. I want you to take a look at this video right now of some of the guys that help out as teenagers in our church. Hi, my name's Josiah. I'm from Generation Z, and I do media in the church and media at youth. Hi, I'm Taylor, and I'm Generation Z, and on Fridays, I help out by emceeing and doing photography. Hey, my name's Angus. 
I'm from Generation Z. I do Sunday morning lights and sometimes Friday night media. Hi, I'm Emma and I'm from Generation Z and I have the privilege of serving on the youth team and on their children's ministry team. G'day, my name's Ryan, I'm part of Gen Z and the main part that I do, like all of my work and help out is on Friday nights, I'm the leader of the setup team and anything that Cody or the rest of the leadership team need help with, I do. Hi, I'm Beck. I'm from Generation Z uh, and I help uh, run the youth on a Friday night and I serve on the worship team on Sundays. Hi, I'm Giovanna. I'm from Generation Z and I help out with the kids ministry and I attend youth. Hi, my name is Matt. I'm from Generation Z and on Friday nights I help out with uh, the lights and I play band sometimes and on Sunday, Sunday mornings I help out with the sound and kids. This is us, Generation Z or Z, however you say it. A generation that are, that are doing things that maybe we don't see, things that are, that are substantial and things that we couldn't do at our age, but they're doing it and doing it well. I look at some of the videos that our guys create, and we've got two in the front row here that are studying at, at university actually to, to go into that field. And the stuff that they're creating, the videos, the tools that they get to use are incredible. They're amazing. And I sit there and go, what... What a fantastic world we live in where young people stand up and do something amazing. Uh, I want to talk in just a second about one of the guys on there. His name is Angus. Uh, he came into our youth ministry several years ago. When I first saw him, he's over in kids this morning. When I first saw him, I was a bit like, I don't know about this guy. He's a little bit weird, right? But remember at the beginning I said we're all a little bit weird. Yeah. Turns out that when our youth ministry went through our biggest sets of growth, Angus was the one bringing the most friends. It turns out when we needed people uh, for a media team, and because I was running media and then media and lights next door, and then I was running down to preach at the front, and then I was going back and changing the lights, and Angus comes and goes, oh, I'll work out that problem for you. I said, okay, put together a team. Three years later, we've got about 10 to 15 people at youth that know how to do media because Angus went forward and did something. And he's only in grade 11 this year. I did not think about that as a teenager. All I was thinking about was girls, chocolate, and... <laughs> you know, video games and sport and stuff. The method changes, but the message stays the same. We, we cannot be too quick to say this generation isn't doing something in our society. And finally, uh, the rest of this uh, passage, it says in verse 18, Even when I am old and grey, do not forsake me, my God, till I declare the power of the next generation, your mighty acts to all who are to come. All of us, one day, we might try to hide it, but we'll all turn old and grey. We'll all be old and grey one day. I'll be sitting there going, why did I give so much lip to my dad? Because I'm the same as him. <laughs> we must keep teaching his word in a relevant way. doesn't matter how old you get. In fact, I believe David wrote this mainly for the people in their older age of life to go, wake up. There's so much more horizon it's not how quickly you get to heaven. It's not how quickly you get your race done, but it's how you start someone else's race. Amen. Remember I said right back at the beginning, uh, David probably wrote this when his own child was rebelling against him. But he says, oh, I've got so much potential in the next generation. If only I teach them my ways. I think I shared this when I preached a few, other, uh, few weeks ago on our Sunday nights. And tonight we will uh, get to hear from another one of our, our young Generation Z speakers yeah. next door in that room tonight in our series Momentum. And I'm so excited for that. But I, got, I shared a story a couple of weeks ago about a company called Motorola. 
And uh, the people in the front row probably don't know who Motorola is, or they've heard about it but don't know. Motorola was a company that led in radio communications. They led in the development of mobile phones and mobile technologies, but somewhere in the early 2000s, they decided, we want to focus on what we're doing. They stopped being relevant, and now Motorola, I don't even know where they are. My first phone was a Motorola flip phone. Where did they go? They failed to keep pushing on to reach a new generation. And that's a real-life business that started off, moved forward, did amazing things, but it became extinct. You know, someone said that the church is either one generation away from revival or extinction. Wow. It's so important that the next generation, the ones that are spending the most, they've got the most amount of oxygen they're going to consume on this planet from this day forward. It's so important we set you guys up to do incredible things so that years from now you guys are doing the incredible things that we can't do because of our experiences, because of our age. There's such an incredible situation ahead for us but if we don't invest in you if we don't take the time to understand you then that's just going to disappear and there'll be extinction the message stays the same the truth of life stays the same the bible stays the same but the method changes that's why we have lights that's why we have videos that's why we use websites that's why we have an app that's why we use social media that's why in the last couple of weeks to, to the young team, I used to get frustrated so much. I was like, I, I'd write paragraphs and paragraphs through a social network platform and I'd be like, you guys should all be on the same page as me. And I never see if they even read it or not. And, and, I, and I did this research, I looked into it just weeks ago and I realized they're not gonna read paragraphs, but they'll listen to a two minute video. So I started communicating by video and I tell you what, within 10 minutes of sending that video out, everyone's watched it, everyone goes, yeah, awesome. Everyone's on the right page, everyone's, youth's great now. I'm like, oh, we've got to stay up with the way they communicate. Don't discount the youth of our generation. They are out there right now filming things, putting videos up, making content that you'll go home and read, content that you'll go home and watch with your family, young movie makers, people making television shows, people coming up with new concepts of technology. People as young as 15 doing incredible things for God in our world, stepping up and doing amazing things. I'm reminded of the story of people like William Booth in his, in his uh, late teens, early 20s. He was so inspired that the church should go out and reach the world. The Salvation Army was created through that. Wow. It might now just look like a, 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 you know, an op shop, but once upon a time, the Salvation Army was a, it was a movement of young people, a movement of poor and rich alike going out and reaching people because a young man dreamed to do differently. I hear the story of David and I see what he did in his teen years. I see what people in this room knowing stories about each person in every different generation. I know stories of what you did and accomplished in your teen years, starting up businesses in your early 20s. Let's give the next generation that same chance to flourish and realize that the way they're doing it is just totally different. We won't understand it, but we can try to understand those guys as much as possible. Maybe it means instead of TV time or board game time, let get all the kids together and watch their favorite YouTube video. Connecting. I don't know. Maybe that's a pearl of wisdom for someone, but stay relevant. God's message needs to continue to be preached, but unless we continue to be relevant, we're a generation away from being extinct as a church. I get to hear these young guys preach on a, on a Friday night. I get to hear them speak about God. I get to see them worship. 
And I tell you what, I'm so glad that we've adapted and moved forward and been relevant to teenagers. Because the worst thing would be if on a Friday night or at one of our youth events, there would be no teenagers. But instead, we're reaching teenagers. We're seeing people saved on Friday nights. We're seeing people baptized. We're seeing people decide to follow God. We're seeing on a Friday afternoon, we're seeing teenagers step across the street and give out ice blocks to their friends to reach out and and do amazing things for generations. So I want to challenge you this morning. I don't know what it looks like, but would you get behind the next generation? We have our differences. We all have our differences. But would you use what you've got at your disposal to empower one of these teenagers, or sorry, young adults or one of these teenagers? To me, they're all teenagers. (laughs) Would you step out and empower someone? Maybe that does look like coming down and do security on a Friday night at youth. We're after people to do security. We're after people at our youth camps to to cook food and prepare and, and get ready for things. Maybe the only way that you can serve the next generation is by paving the way with a bit of your finances. Would you consider helping to sponsor, helping to support our youth camps, helping to support our Friday night events? Because without this generation, we have nothing. We have no legacy. Next week, uh, Michaela and Cassie, they'll be talking about the little ones. So if you want to know more about the, the tiny little ones that are running around and biting your ankles, you'll be here next week for that. But I'm saying today, would you partner in allowing the next generation to do incredible things for God? By stepping out, by somehow realizing we've got communication differences, but going, I, I, can, I can deal with that. I want to finish by reading this scripture, and this one won't come on the screens. It's in Psalm 78, and it's from the Message Version. It says, Listen, dear friends, to God's truth. Bend your ears to what I tell you. I'll let you in on the sweet old truths. Stories we heard from our fathers, counsel we learned at the mother's knee. We're not keeping this to ourselves. We're passing it along to the next generation. God's game and fortune, God's fame and fortune, autocorrect, the marvelous things he has done. Let's pass it on to a generation who's more creative, more connected than ever before. We want to see generations reach. We want to see nations reach. Well, there's a generation that has more in common with the nations than they do with us. Let's empower a generation to stand up and walk forward. Let's empower a generation that would step out like the Salvation Army once did, like Motorola used to be. Let's not get to the point where we say, well, this generation doesn't have anything to give, so we're not going to invest in them. I will give my life for these guys. I hope today you've gained some sort of understanding. Maybe it's blown your mind and you need to do more research. I spent a whole week researching this. But I see that God sees value in all people, all generations. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.